It is a cold Thursday afternoon here for episode 238 of Top Rope Nation. Kyle Ross out in Cleveland rejoining the show. Sunday it was myself and Justin recapping the Royal Rumble that failed to impress and has apparently led to a hell of a lot of fallout as we're going to talk about on the show today. But Kyle, you know, it wasn't the World Wrestling Federation dumping on you over the last 24 hours. It was Mother Nature. A lot of snow falling out there in, in the eastern side of Ohio. How are you doing, my friend? I'm doing all right. Sadly, was out in the driveway shoveling a little bit, but got to play with the kid a little bit. It was a snow day here today. So the wife's home, the kid's home, everybody's home. Very nice. But now, but now let's get to the good parts of the day. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I love, I love, I love my family. I, love, I really do. Did you take a little uh, speed off the old, uh, the old fastball with your throwing your snowballs around with your daughter? Didn't knock her over or anything. No, sometimes I do like to, you know, like I kind of forget your own strength. You know, like do a power bomb in the snow that can hurt a child. Don't try that. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Put throw them off the deck with a razor's edge or anything like that. No, no, no. <laughs> guys, Pepsi thanks for joining punch. us. Yes, the Pepsi. There you go. Look at that segue. What a pro. Pro's pro, Kyle Ross. Good to have you back on the show. Uh, Justin will be back with us next week. Of course, as I said, it's episode 238 of Top Rope Nation. We appreciate everyone who is joining us live today. We are streaming on YouTube, on Facebook, on Twitter, on Twitch, all the usual places. And, of course, you can find it on demand on the YouTube page and all of the podcasting feeds. Please be so kind as to leave us a five-star review a written review preferably and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platforms right right away here at the top Kyle I want to shout out we got a brand new patron the other day shout out to Ray for joining up we really appreciate that that brings us to 31 patrons over on the Patreon page tons of growth over the last couple of months Uh, getting close to our goal Kyle 40 patrons I'll release my unheard interview with Bobby the Brain Heenan from 2002 never before heard anywhere still have the audio saved wrote some written articles about that uh that interview but i've never released the audio that's going to drop on patreon when we hit 40 patrons so thank you ray for joining us bring bringing us closer to that goal and thanks to all of the patrons you see their names coming across the bottom here people will come ray <laughs> people that's will nice come. Iowa. good iowa yes. reference there you go man hell yeah the people great sports come. movies of all time Speaking of which, I'm wearing my Chicago Cubs shirt here, and if there's a season, Chicago Cubs will be playing in at the Field of Dreams here in a few months. I got to get some tickets to that. See them play in my home state. I've got a Phillies thing on. Shout out to Michael Jenkinson, one of our patrons. I don't really like the Phillies. I just kind of like this ensemble. So I bought a good looking pullover. I like it. Yeah, very nice. So uh, we are not going to be talking Major League Baseball, I promise. We're talking professional wrestling today. Got a lot to get into. Yes. Um, As I mentioned, Kyle, you weren't on our Royal Rumble review, uh, but you were with us in the Facebook group live during the show that night. And as Justin and I talked about on the broadcast, 
tons of people joining us. Join the Facebook group if you're not already in it. The link is here in the broadcast description. We had 600 comments on the live feed going on, or not the live feed, the live post, I should say, in the Facebook group during the Rumble. You were there. We know uh-huh. some of your thoughts just based on what you wrote in the group that night, but I wanted to give you the floor before we get into the topics of the week. Anything that we didn't get into on a review of the Rumble that you wanted to make sure got out there on our audio feed? You know, it's a show that obviously wasn't very fucking good, Ryan. <laughs> was it? <laughs> it was really, really terrible. And the more I thought about it over the next 24 hours, the more I disliked it. Like, I really wished I would have joined you guys. Uh, on Sunday, would have been able to to just talk about some of this stuff. I agreed with everything you said, just some specifics. Even some of the positives didn't hit with me, like Seth Rollins' shield gear. I know this was mm-hmm. a big winner for some. I don't understand why Roman Reigns, the alleged top star in this company, would care about a group from eight years ago. Yeah, like I mean, like to some people, that's like this is great storytelling and this is mind games. I just was like, why would he care? Like in the, in my day, Roman Reigns would get on a mic and say, "You're a married loser," and I ran the other guy's ass down south with the rest of the dinosaurs. <laughs> Not this like in ring narration and facial crap. So that didn't hit, you know. And I love some people now think storytelling is just repeating hitting someone with chairs from eight years ago and bringing out your old gear. That's not storytelling. That's a wardrobe change and copying. So, so even that, which was probably, I didn't think it was the best match and I was with you. I I wasn't as high on that as some other people were. They lost me even before that lousy finish. Uh, The big talking point. I know you and I were debating in the Facebook group was which rumble was worse. Yeah. I can safely say now, because you know me, I like to watch things a second time. I like like to let these things mature over time, get away from it, the time and place, go back and watch. And then I get a really good grasp, maybe where it lands historically. But I feel pretty comfortable here. What are we, five days after the fact now? Uh, the Rumble Show, I think five. Yes, yeah, it was Saturday. Five, yeah, five days. Yes. I think these were two of the three worst Rumbles in history, which is... Yes quite a remarkable achievement when you think about it the women's rumble and i didn't see this take from anywhere else and i feel that maybe this was a me thing i was offended honestly by that women's rumble the notion that they fired all those women and were left with all these holes that they had to fill because some people like well what do you want if they didn't you know because i didn't like most of those returning legends at all i'm sorry i don't care if michelle mccool was married to pope john paul ii she was never a star back <laughs> Dude, in the she day. had ring gear like she was married to pope john paul II. yeah i mean so I was many like, crosses so i mean so many of those people i just did not care about half the field was basically bushwhacker luke in my opinion <laughs> and people were like well if it's not them you got to bring all these women from nxt that you don't know well i have an idea how about option c you don't fire a bunch of women when you have an upcoming match that requires 30 of them. That's a thought. Yeah. Uh, You know, so I just think like the whole thing with, oh my God, we need 30 women and just scrambling to bring people back. And Corey Graves and Byron Saxton going crazy for these people who weren't legends, even in their own time. And then they get tossed in 90 seconds was just, it was offensive Mm -hmm. the way it was, was done. And like, there was little things too. Like what was the point of Sasha Banks coming back? Only to be tossed right before Bianca comes out. 
Like, right. you don't even do that face-off? Come on, right. man. Uh, with the men's rumble, actually, I'll save that because that's going to, I know, bleed into some of the stories of the week that I know you want to touch on. But there was a moment in the mixed tag match that was a metaphor for the whole feud, I thought. So do you remember the spot when Maurice hit Beth with her purse and it was loaded with the brick? Yeah. Okay. And I, uh, my gut reaction was, oh, dear God, no, this feud must continue. And then Beth kicked out, and I was like, oh, dear God, this match is going to continue? Like, that's where I was at with that whole program. It was just like, I just didn't want, I just wanted it all to be over. Um, and thankfully it is. And the men's rumble, there are so many things I could talk about. Why would you not let Austin Theory, who's linked to Vince McMahon, get some shine? Last, you know, get get the old 45-minute DiBiase spot, right? Right, mm-hmm. Uh, why was Omos not even attempted to be booked like 94 Diesel? Yeah. Damian Priest, Kevin Owens, Big E, eliminated like they're nothing. Even Johnny Knoxville, what a waste that was. They built that up for weeks, and he was not even in for two minutes. <laughs> the whole – this was the biggest problem with the match. Like I said this on the pod with Justin is – it sucked from a star standpoint, yes, because there was so many periods where it was like nobody out there that was a big star. It was such an indictment on WWE booking. But also, the layout was just terrible. Like I said so many times, Pat Patterson weeps. I mean, my God, what are we doing out here? How do you not have the Mysterios ever share the ring together? You know? Well, and Ray was eliminated in the euphoria of Shane McMahon. That was the low yes. point of that match. I cannot yes. believe Michael Cole said that, but... Look, we've got friends, you know, at the torch, friends, you know, connected with F4W online, but it was, I believe, PW Insider that reported that there was all this meticulous changing of the Mm -hmm. men's rumble going on during the week. After that was over and remembering that report, my thought was, my God, if that was the result of all these changes, I would have hated to see what that match would have looked like if it was thrown together at the last minute. Because it was like nothing, it was like no one had any ideas, like you said. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't see one single interesting idea over the course of 60 minutes. How do you, How can you not have one interesting idea? I mean, it, it, why was Brock allowed back in the Rumble? They, they didn't even do a thing to explain that. In the old days, at least, and it was never good for the guy who was getting shown up, but didn't, like, Kurt Angle just bully Nunzio once and take his number? Yeah. Mick yeah. Foley took out Test one year. I remember, like, how great would it have been? Think of this here. Just picture this in your mind. Heyman and Reigns are gloating after what they've done. Okay, and we've got a and the Usos are in this rumble. Let's say the Usos are in the match, and Reigns like just is like just make sure you know such and such doesn't win. They don't even consider Brock, and one of them, Uso number two, <laughs> can have number thirty. All right, and he's real happy about it. Okay, and he's ready to go out at number 30. Okay, and Reigns, they, they have a camera on him. Him and Heyman are pleased what they're seeing so far in the Rumble. Uso number two is about to come out. Brock just dump trucks him and takes the number, and he's number 30. And you get the facial reactions then. Reigns, yeah. Heyman, that patented gulp. We didn't even get that. Did, does no one care? <laughs> I don't think they care. I don't think that they do, man. I mean, just looking at what's been happening lately. Yeah. The entire match seemed to be, okay, you get to be in for 10 to 15 minutes. You're not going to do anything remotely interesting. Then you'll be tossed. Yeah. 
They found a way to do a duller rumble than 93 or 2012, which I didn't think was humanly possible. Mm. It's pretty dull. I mean, we were super negative on the review. Um, I kind of, in jest, talked about that idea you had with the Usos. I said I had a text message from you on uh, Sunday morning with that idea, but it wasn't as fleshed out as as you just laid out. And yeah, I mean, that would have been much better, much, much better than what they did. I mean, it was such a such a disaster because apparently, you know, according to Fightful Select, Vince McMahon was tinkering with the match order right up until people went out. Nobody had any idea what was going on. They didn't know who they were supposed to eliminate. Shane was also involved in that tinkering. Um, the, <laughs> the actual producers of the match that were uh, listed internally were Abyss, Jamie Noble, Sean Devari, and Adam Pierce. They were the producers attached to the Rumble match. It wasn't solely produced by Shane McMahon, but Shane was involved. He did have his fingers on it, for sure. And all four of those guys apparently still have their jobs. Yes. <laughs> so, Which we cannot say for Shane McMahon. <laughs> yeah, should we get into this right now? Yeah, let's transition into it. Oh, boy. Shane McMahon let go from the company in the aftermath of the disappointing Royal Rumble. So, guys, if you thought we were too negative on our review of the Royal Rumble, specifically that match. Turns out we weren't because uh, Shane McMahon got fired by his father this week over the Rumble. Uh, I do think that Shane was kind of a scapegoat for this, don't you think? Yes, there's always a scapegoat when something sucks. I think they were keenly aware of just what a negative reaction that Rumble got. And it sounds like Shane was let go not so much for his work producing the match, but for some behavioral issues behind the scenes that he was kind of like bullying people. Yeah. And, you know, letting everyone know what his last name was. And it was, it it just sounded like, yeah, he was a real disruption backstage and no one wanted to work with him. There was a report that, uh, basically he had no idea what was going on. WWE storyline wise, which is another reason why, like, things didn't happen in the match that would have made sense because as he was influencing the direction of the match, he apparently was just kind of looking to get certain spots in that he had in mind, but they didn't jive with what was actually going on from a storyline sense in WWE. And this is why so much of it didn't make any logical sense whatsoever. You know, what's funny is you think back and I've been trying to, cause I'm dear God, not going to watch the match again <laughs> this close. <laughs> But, like, what did Shane do even when he was out there? It'd be one thing if, like, it was the old Hogan bit where, you know, Hogan would, like, rewrite Nitros. And he's like, no, I'm actually just going to, like, beat up the entire Dungeon of Doom and no-sell 72 chair shots tonight. And it's like, (laughs) okay, like, you know, that's not good. There's a lot of ego there. But, like, I see you putting your – like, what did Shane do even that was so good that could be construed as interesting? Like, that's Nothing. my whole thing. It's like, all, there was all this arguing and changing apparently going on behind the scenes, and no one yeah. did anything. It makes sense. So if you don't know what number you're going to come out and who's supposed to be out there, that that's the result, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. I mean, he he eliminated Kevin Owens, Kyle. It's Shane McMahon eliminating no. Kevin Owens. So, But it, like, that wasn't even, like, interesting. It wasn't, no, like, it, did, like, it, did, it didn't, wasn't interesting. It was bad. <laughs> but, yeah, it, I mean, forget about you know, I shouldn't say forget about, but just put aside the concept of Shane McMahon eliminating Kevin Owens. Mm-hmm. For a second. Like, nothing was done in a way that made you think, oh, I'd like to see those two wrestle now. 
Yeah. You know, I mean, it used to be back in the day, and even not so far back in the day, like 2017, that they set up two of the big WrestleMania matches with eliminations. That, yeah. that, that was only five years ago. Yeah. So this was just like, oh, a guy eliminated somebody. Okay, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Um, but, you know, I, I'll, I'll talk about this here a little bit. I'll, I'll give the listeners a little nugget with this Shane McMahon. There's been a lot of talk online this week. Ryan, I know you've seen it, heard it, about how Shane's ideas were never very well regarded. Yes. Within the company. You know, Meltzer's been talking about this for years in The Observer. I think when Shane left the first time, what was that, 08, 09? Yeah, right in there. Yeah, I, I think he was like, you know, Shane's a guy. They said Shane was liked, but like people would sort of like laugh at his ideas behind his back because they were always bad. <laughs> and Meltzer posted on the board, on the the observer board this week that Shane really wanted to go over Undertaker at WrestleMania 32. <laughs> what a legend. <laughs> yeah, I know that is incredible. Jeez. Imagine, imagine like, you know, that match at first, I mean, the match kind of didn't make sense. Like it was a deal where people, people did get excited when Shane came back. Cause that rumble yeah. was, or that mania was dying on the vine, mm-hmm. but you know, Shane's like, yeah, I should go over. I mean, what a, yeah. Like you said, what a legend. But <laughs> Look at all these tickets I sold for this show, which he did. The as ticket far as all his ideas, yeah, as far as his ideas go, I'll say this. I was in a bar one time. True story. And completely random different table. I hear somebody say, completely random person, of course, say, oh, my God, it's Shane McMahon. Said, well, that's weird. It's random person saying that. And they pick up their phone and for like five minutes, they're like, I don't know, man. You'll have to ask your dad. I don't know, man. You'll have to ask your dad. Just like just saying that over and over. I'm like, oh wow, this God. is crazy that this completely random person is saying this. And they just like put the phone on the ground. They just, after it's over, they just, you know, the phone like that, you know, on the table. And they're like, this guy's got the worst goddamn ideas I've ever heard. Yeah. You told Justin and I the story years ago, but we've never said it on the air. Yeah. Um, so. There's a little nugget. You guys yeah. out there have never heard breaking some news here, yeah, I guess. Completely but, yeah. random person, completely random, you know, bar, you know. Just weird <laughs> that I would be in a bar where somebody yelled, yelled that. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Bad, bad ideas. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Chain is out for now. And uh, I definitely and, think, as I said, kind of a scapegoat for the whole situation for a, a horrid Royal Rumble. But he didn't do any favors for himself by not having an understanding of what's going on in storylines as you come back for the second Biggest show of the year. And moving, this isn't a dead issue because moving forward, he was apparently supposed to be a big part of WrestleMania. And now he's out. He's not in the Elimination Chamber match. He's not working Mania. So we should talk about this moving forward because I kind of wanted to guess the Mania card a little bit with you. So we know Brock and Roman is confirmed. Okay. I mean, that's yeah. been set. So. Brock being in the chamber, is he the replacement for Shane McMahon, do you think? Or did they, has it been announced who was not supposed to be in? Was it Austin Theory? I can't remember now. Who was not supposed to be in that got in? No, I'm not, I'm not, I don't think that's been revealed, or at least not that I've seen today uh, or this week since Raw. But uh, I know that there was some thought that Shane McMahon could walk away champion and wrestle Bobby Lashley. I heard that. Can you imagine imagine the uproar from the audience? Shane McMahon, WWE champion versus Bobby Lashley at WrestleMania. I know that that was pitched. And, you know, I I was, I saw the, um, 
the reports too of like Seth versus Shane. And like, yeah. I was like vomiting on myself. I was like, just imagine two months of Shane cutting promos. You're Seth freaking Rollins. Well, I'm Shane freaking McMahon. Like how awful <laughs> would that have been? Very bad. <laughs> I mean, that would have just been just like, please. I just, Van Gogh had the right idea, you know, <laughs> Yes, not painting, but taking anymore. his ear off. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I, I, here's a question I have for you. Brock is now in the chamber match, which I assumed the chamber match at the Saudi show was going to be to determine Lashley's challenger. Yes. It's not. It's Bobby Lashley defending his title. And Brock is in it, even though Brock is already announced as challenging Roman at Mania. With Shane out, Lashley with no logical contender, really, is a title unification match between Brock and Roman back on the table? You think? It sure seems like it, because otherwise, why, I mean, why Brock doesn't need to be in the match. They could, I mean, certainly could have put somebody else in there. I, Vince, as he's gotten older and older, is very much just like, what is? let's just make this match as big as it can be on this yeah. day, and, you know, screw it all if it makes mm-hmm. sense afterwards or before. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's just what he's thinking. But, like, to me, I'm like, well, wait a minute. If Lashley, or pardon me, if Lesnar's in the chamber, either he wins and he goes on to make this a unification match against Reigns at Mania, or they're going to beat him again? Because this isn't like the five-way at day one where you have a bunch of people not taking the fall. In the chamber, everybody has to take a fall if you don't win. And can you see Lesnar doing another job? Even if he's going over at Mania. I, that is tough for me to see him losing a third time. Yeah, that's what uh, I was just going to bring that up because we talked about that on the review that this mm-hmm. almost guarantees that Lesnar is going to go over at Mania because oh, there's no doubt in my mind. Yeah. And yeah, imagine him taking another loss between then and now is pretty hard to see. I mean, it, it's a it's a multi-man match. so They can do it. But I, mean, I guess they could, they could have Reigns interfere, I guess. I think our buddy, yeah, it was Frank Pettiani. Our, he, he had mentioned, well, they can do something with, like, Michaels and Taker. Remember at that Elimination Chamber when Michaels was so desperate to get Undertaker in the rematch? Yeah. But here's the thing that doesn't make sense about that, and would they even try to make sense of this? Wouldn't Reigns want Lesnar to win the title and make a unification match? Yes. Okay. My so logic. Logically, yeah. yes, but logic is not always there. Okay, so I'm, I'm, just, I'm just bringing <laughs> yes. that up now. It would like the whole idea. Oh well, Reigns could cost Lesnar, and that's how that actually makes no sense. And here's the thing too with Lashley and his contenders: who's the most logical contender you think now for Bobby Lashley on the Raw side? At Mania, probably at Mania. Ooh. Yeah, I mean, I've always thought it was going to be Seth. Yes, that's who I would yeah. think. But he's in the chamber match, too. Right. And, like, would they have him win and, like, it's him and Lashley? At main, like, Rollins defending? Like, do you think maybe Lesnar didn't want to lose to Rollins? But even then, he's going to have to lose. Lesnar still has to lose. Yeah. There's a lot of issues logistically with this match. And to me, in the back of my mind, I'm thinking... 
McMahon's just like, screw it. We don't have anything good for Lashley. Let's make this Lesnar-Reigns deal a unification match. And it's on the table. Some, like, a key person in creative proposed that a long time ago. It's a person who everyone knows. It's not some guy, if I, like, said the name, people are like, well, who the hell's that? People would mm-hmm. know who it is. And, you know, he's probably got some skin in the game, quite frankly. Uh, it's in his best interest. So you could put one and one together there. Yeah, I know I, at I, least I, one name has been yeah, for unification match. And, 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 and I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll give you I'll, I'll give you one plus one plus one here. It's someone who you wouldn't think would normally get their way. They they have a lot of ideas and they normally don't get their way. So I do I do not believe this has been reported elsewhere. No, so that is no. a, that is a top rope nation scoop for you, you guys. Yeah. We've been t- we've been talking behind the scenes about this for a couple of weeks, but there there has been a big name in the creative media yeah. pushing for it to be a unification match. Yeah, and we said on TRN Extra uh, a few yeah. weeks ago. So those patrons had a heads up. Yeah, yeah. So I, I don't know, man. There's a lot of signs to me that says Lesnar wins and it's title versus title, and then he'll beat Reigns. I think there too, even if it is, even if it's title for title. Well, yeah, Ryan threw out in the chat here a little bit ago. Anything that leads to a title unification is a thumbs up for me. I agree. I, I want to see it. It might only be a short term thing, but yeah. that's that's to me that's how you make the match interesting. We just had a uh, a new shirt drop over on our on our store. Check out topropenation.com where it's like repeat city 31, 34, 38. You know, we've seen this match. Shout out to Tim for designing that for us. <laughs> we've seen this match. At WrestleMania, twice before. Once was very good. The other time was very bad. This time, yet to see. But if you at least make it a unification match, it makes it a little more interesting to me, personally. Yeah, and you talked about, well, it might not be for long the titles are unified. I think that's a big question. People who are listening to us right now are saying, well, what do you do with the titles then if they're unified? Well, look at what they did. What was it, three years ago when they did it with the women? It took them... What the next pay per view they ununified them? I think with Money in the Bank, yeah. when Becky it was Becky two belts. Uh huh. I, I think that was like the next pay per view she lost, or it was within two at Money in the Bank. Yeah. So yeah, they'll just they'll just they haven't thought that far. They're McMahon will be like, all right, we'll just have a unified champion, and then after WrestleMania, he's gonna you know come into the office, crack that whip, and say, all right, guys, give me some ideas how we're gonna ununify these titles. <laughs> And everyone's like pulling their hair out. No, and everyone's like, "This is what we've needed for years." Yeah. So, yeah. But, so that's that. I don't know. That that's kind of where where I was thinking. Could be wrong. Could be reckless speculation. But I don't know, man. Lesnar doing a third pay per view job mm. doesn't seem likely to me. Does not seem likely to me. Speaking of the women, I think we should talk about them. Okay. Just looking at our chats, kind of blowing up right now. Thanks to oh. all of you that are on here live right now a lot of good conversation happening in the chat room if you're listening to the podcast version join us live one of these times subscribe on youtube hit that bell so you get the notification to your email when we go live so you don't miss out uh carl said and carl's our latest patron at the hall of fame tier so shout out to carl by the way uh, has to be short term as i don't think brock holding a unified title beyond SummerSlam will work as there's such little star power below even with roman yeah, that, that is the big problem. Is It's so hard to predict right now long-term direction because they don't have anyone you can buy as a major title contender. And, and you know what's interesting? I was thinking, coming off the Rumble, the one thing that's okay if they still had the you know two world champions was, okay, we always know that if Lesnar or Reigns has it, they're the number one champion. 
But if Lashley's the other champion and he holds a win over Lesnar, it's at least, it's not so obvious that one champion is above the other one like we've had with Reigns this whole time. Right. Right, you know, I mean, if Lesnar's the champion, okay, he'll be positioned as the guy, but if Lashley beat him, there you go. That's something. So, I, but to the women, I was just going to say, Rousey, we know she's going to choose Charlotte. Yeah. At least all Fox sides. Fox is demanding it. Yes. Yeah. You want to bring this debate we had on Facebook? Not It wasn't you or I. It was just, I think, the group as a whole with Rousey choosing Charlotte instead of Becky. Put it on the airwaves here. Okay. I know that you, I know that at first you were a little aghast and put and mocked the idea quite a bit. Well, I think creatively, yes. I understand why they're doing it. It's all about the corporate dollars. And I read your text on the air Sunday where you said, WWE no longer books for the audience. They book for the biggest marks of them all, corporate America. That was such a great line. (laughs) (laughs) Because that's right. This is what Fox wants. Fox wants Brock Lesnar on SmackDown. Fox wants Ronda Rousey on SmackDown. And so they want to do Ronda Rousey and Charlotte. I mean, they're giving the big money. The billion dollars, and so it makes sense. I think I think my perspective on it was just that this this is the story that we've never gotten. You know, from years ago now, we've never got that singles match between Becky and Ronda. That that is the better story. And I had I had put out there that I wanted to see it now. Just selfishly, I want to get away from big time Bex. I know they don't want to get away from it. It's freaking horrific. I know that was her idea and everything. But you watch that segment on Monday Night Raw this week, dude. And I don't know what Becky was wearing out there. She comes out looking like Queen Mary of Mary Queen of Scots out there. <laughs> big puffy sleeves on and stuff. Yeah. And like I'm thinking to myself, if you could rewind to twenty nineteen and think about Ronda Rousey and Becky Lynch, would you have ever pictured this face off? in your mind like one day we will get that singles match and here it is and this is what it's going to look like this is going to be the the heel face dynamic but i i had said that look i think it would force them to make ronda the heel assuming they're not piping in and crowd noise like they were definitely doing oh, that very was embarrassing so. like who would oh, not bad. pick up on that like there's no way like even a small child watching that would yeah. be like oh like that noise. It was so it was, obvious. It was so yeah. obvious. But like that was my argument. It was that look, man, there's no way that this audience is going to cheer Ronda over Becky. And I almost felt like the crowd would force their hand and Becky would have to finally drop this heel bit and they would go with Ronda's more natural tendency, which is to be a heel. But I yeah, they'll probably cheer her a little bit against Charlotte, but like neither of them are particularly likable as babies. So it's kind of a weird dynamic over on SmackDown. Okay. There was something you said that a little light bulb went off my head. I've been thinking about this for a few days. Talk about Fox. And, you know, I think it was Meltzer who had mentioned Fox was kind of instrumental, you know, not just bringing Rousey back, but ensuring that she was on their brand. And she was on Raw, to be fair, like you mentioned on Monday. But... Isn't it kind of fascinating? Fox. Okay, yeah, they they ponied up the big bucks, and they're the A show now. SmackDown. They already get Lesnar the majority of the time, right? It's a special thing when Lesnar's on Raw. I know he's technically a free agent, but Lesnar's been appearing on SmackDown more than Raw. Yeah. um, Since he's been back. 
It's been a little more even recently, but he's, I'm sure he's been on SmackDown more times. They have the biggest male full-time star with Reigns. They got Charlotte, who Fox thinks is the biggest female star. And they want Rousey, too? Are, are they concerned, perhaps, moving forward with some of the star power on this brand? Is there something we don't know? I'm just saying that. Hmm. Like, I, I just think it's all like, man, like, if Fox wasn't already happy with the star power they had, yeah. That, what does that say for WWE? They literally have, like, like I mean, uh, you know, I know some people said that when Fox ponied up the billion, they thought they were getting Lesnar and Rousey. But, and Ronda, you know, went away to be a mom. Mm-hmm. It's nice. Like, right. So it's like, I guess, you know, I don't know if that was the line WWE gave them for why they didn't get, because she was gone. SmackDown was 2019, right? Is when it started on Fox. Fall of 2019. Yeah, fall of 2019. So yeah. so Rousey never, she was already out of the picture. Yeah. Basically. But it's it's just weird now. Like, what was it that, you know, I, I would love to know Rousey's contract details. There's a lot that we don't know yet about why Ronda Rousey is returning right now. Why Fox was so adamant about it right now. And I'd love to get to the bottom of that, quite frankly. But, um... Yeah, back to this thing with her choosing Charlotte over Becky. I hear what you're saying about Ron and Becky as the match ever wanted. I think the genie is – was it Ricky Skelton that used this term on Facebook? Genie's out of the bottle with yeah, that? So. Okay. I don't think you're going to be able to duplicate that right off the rip what you had in 2019. You're probably never going to be able to duplicate what you had oh, in 2019. No. Which yeah, is no why way. they should have done the one-on-one match at WrestleMania 35 <laughs> right. without... It should have been Ronda putting over Becky one-on-one the right way. And I think that people would be probably more receptive to a Ronda return. The people mm-hmm. that aren't. It had that happen. Um, It doesn't make any sense for Ronda to lose her first match either. So that's another reason you can't do Becky. And you don't want her beating Becky. That'll just like piss everybody off. Probably. Yeah. Um, what do you think about the idea? I, I brought this up on the post show. So we're probably going to get Becky and Bianca on the raw side. Yes. And that's the positive that I was going to mention. Yeah. That's going to be good. And hopefully we get a dominant win for Bianca. You get that win back. Ryan threw that out in the chat here too. What you got to do something with Sasha Banks on WrestleMania, right? I mean, she's, she's, Getting a lot of mainstream press recently. I mean, what do you she, think of the idea of making that a triple threat with Charlotte and Ronda and, and throwing Sasha Banks into the And not another triple threat. I, was Sasha teasing something with Trish Stratus on one of WWE's dot, uh, on I one of their that. shows? I'm just saying they, they tend to do this with their title matches to get a, another person in there as they add in a third person to one of yeah. them. You know, we just I, saw that on the men's side last year, too. Yeah, and, and Trish, she like t- didn't she tweet something like she was watching the Rumble? There may be a where there's smoke, there's fire situation with that. I don't know. I mean, mm-hmm. you're right. Sasha's got to be accounted for. Uh, who else needs to be accounted for? I just think Charlotte and Ronda is just not. I know Fox wants it. It's just not a match that the audience is going to demand well, at all. Me, and you, if you add in Sasha, it makes it a lot more interesting. And you still get the other two big names in there. Yeah. You said it that neither of them are particularly likable. We've got to talk about this. Ronda Rousey is oh for freaking two on these promos, man. I mean, it, it, it's 
like she's being forced to recite horrible material at gunpoint. <laughs> she almost is. I mean, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I don't know what. I mean, I everyone saw the raw thing, I assume, but she did a post uh, show promo uh, after the Rumble. My God. She claimed, oh, I've always wanted to win the Rumble. It was one of the least convincing things I've ever heard in my life. And I, earlier in that day, I saw Ryan Satin's completely authentic reaction to Rousey oh, coming of back. Yeah. Yes. Again, I'd see, I, I joked in the Facebook group, I'd see more authentic enthusiasm than Iranian hostage video. Yeah. yeah. Than what I got from that. Come on, man. So <laughs> I, I just. I do think the one pro of having route not doing Rousey Lynch this year is you do do Bianca and Lynch because that was something we were all upset about at the time. And if yeah. Bianca gets her win back, okay, that's good. And then next year or SummerSlam, uh, you do Becky and Ronda, and hopefully Ronda puts Becky over the right way. I, I think this Ronda thing could go bad though because I don't think she wants to be healed. And that's a problem. Yeah, I just, you know, the hand could be forced, man. If the audience revolts, we actually have a live audience. They can they can sweeten it up with their their added in audio and stuff like they've been doing, but I mean, if it's if it's overwhelming booze, then, you know, I don't know what they're going to do. You heard the booze. <laughs> all we know about all we know about her contract, by the way, is just that she's basically committed or for now going to work the next two WrestleManias. And SummerSlam, like the big major shows over the next year. So but I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how long it goes on after that. Yeah, it was weird how often she worked that first year. Remember, she almost worked like too much and lost her specialness over the course of the year. Yeah. But you talk about the crowd response. I mean, the crowd was wanting her to turn in 2019. It was there. Mm-hmm. It was like heel Rousey puts over babyface Lynch. They had the match and they just refused to do it. So. Yeah. I'm not confident they'll do it the right way here either. Yeah. Well, I don't think the locker room is very confident that they're going to do it the right way, Kyle, because uh, according to a report that just dropped right before we went on the air over on Fightful Select, which, by the way, I'm not going to read this word for word because if you're not already subscribing to Fightful Select, you should be. They're dropping all kinds of great news stories uh, every single day, so i got to give them credit on this. But uh, they claim that WWE wrestlers' morale is at an all-time low, uh, oh, certainly yeah. the lowest in the last couple decades, if not the lowest ever right now, that nobody has any idea what's going on. I can I can read a couple of lines from this report without giving it all away. Um, Fightful said, one longtime talent said that nothing matters outside of four people, maybe. That's the vibe that they get. Um, they talk about over a half dozen main roster talent pointed to issues with continuity and nobody else being designed to do anything. Several talents have felt like they're without a voice and they're reduced to making pleas on social media. Oh, that's always sick. You know, it, this, none of that surprises me. I mean, it, it's kind of been going downhill, I think for a while now, morale mm-hmm. backstage. And you know, that's the thing we we've joked about this on the past, Ryan, we, we laugh at people who get angry at us for criticizing WWE because it's like, if only you knew the criticism coming from the inside. Right. They're saying a lot of the same things. Yes. yes. Like, yeah. like, why would I like something that the people responsible for putting it together don't like? 
And that, that, I mean, Vince is, he's off in La La Land. I don't know where the hell he's doing. I, I, I forgot that in, you know, that one ECW book, the hardcore history or whatever, mm-hmm. that he was like mad at Heyman because Heyman said December to dismember sucked. And Vince's like, no, that was a great pay-per-view. Oh, man. There's your first so, uh, warning sign. Yeah, you didn't I have mean, any yeah. before that. And Ooh. he's a lot older now. He's 15 years older now. So, I mean, Vince probably thinks it's good, I guess. That maybe some other people at the top do, but the rank and file, they know this shit reeks, bro. They do. And, <laughs> and so why am I gonna put it over if the freaking people think it stinks? Uh there, there's a quote from someone in the article. Uh one wrestler stated, quote, if you see a complaint with merit and in good faith about something that lacks sense, logic, or continuity, I almost guarantee we have complained too. It just never changes anything. And uh there was a there's a line in the story too about how you know Vince used to take meetings with talent. He would listen to you, even if he didn't take you up on your ideas. He would sit down with you. You might have to wait a long time to get into his office backstage, mm-hmm. but he would listen to you. Uh, but apparently now attempts to speak with Vince are going ignored, or he's hastily walking away. Sometimes he seems very spiteful to the talent, according to this report. Uh, and then. Quote, we've also heard of several I'm contradictory... I, dis- I'm sorry, I just like have this picture in my head of Vince scurrying away. <laughs> Doing the, the Vince walk. Yeah. <laughs> Shut the hell up, pal. <laughs> yeah. I can't hear you. <laughs> I'm going to catering. Uh, Did you ever hear of Flip Wilson? <laughs> uh, they talk about they've heard of several contradictory decisions over the course of a number of months that have reversed course to something the talent had already pitched and they had the company had previously denied them and then they use it anyways like this idea was never pitched in the first place i don't know nobody knows what's going on backstage apparently a lot of the talent are expecting a sale with one talent saying that's the only way they can rationalize some of the decision making that's happening back wow there unbelievable you know what's crazy when you compare modern wwe to like any other promotion in history obviously throughout this business it's always been about it. the top guys right the top guys would draw that's who brings the money like i mean it's i don't need to tell you 80s wwf kind of was a lot about hulk hogan okay <laughs> just a but bit. here's the thing when you watch these old promotions and even if you could tell in real time or whatever okay i like this guy but he's you know probably not destined for the top of the card he's not going to be the world champion you know, they, they've got such and such at the top. You're not unseating him. You could still enjoy that mid-carter, right? Like, I, I think about, let's talk about something they just got rid of not that long ago, WWE's. Uh, Regal. Mm-hmm. I think back to, like, when Regal was the TV champion in WCW, like, 93 or 94. I remember, like, I would watch that, and, like, I would really enjoy it, and it, I never, like, would think to myself, oh, this guy should be the world champion. I was just very happy. Yeah. What he was doing a good job with what he was at. Now you really can't enjoy anyone because they're just so poorly and ineptly booked. I remember the great uh, Dylan Hales uh, once said on Twitter, "This company, meaning WWE, will punish you for emotionally investing in any talent." And that's like, why would you get fired up about anybody? Because yeah. you just know the rug will be pulled out and it's going to be like, well, that was a waste of time. You know, Chad Gable, people are like, this guy's doing the best work. It's like, yeah, but what about the five years before and five months from now? Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Who, who would have ever imagined, Kyle, that uh, he would never get over based on the creative they gave him? Shorty G didn't do it for you? No, no. And then, I mean, I know how you're, you felt about that American Alpha theme song back in the day. The worst. Yes. God but no, I mean, worst. he is, he, you know, he is doing an okay job with what he's got now. People are like, oh, I hope this leads to something. Yeah, I got a bridge in Topeka. You might be interested <laughs> in it. It's going to lead to something. They're going to probably make him be Shorty G again when What's-His-Face gets uh, called up to the main, mm. or shows up on the main roster. Uh, Gable Stevenson. Yeah. Can't have too many Gables. Yeah. Um, what do you think about what's going on with Mustafa Ali? We're going to jump around a little bit because we haven't done one of these news shows in a while. So obviously everybody knows the free Mustafa Ali shirts, the signs and everything. He publicly asked for his release. He's not being given a release despite this company cutting everybody under the sun over the last couple of years. <laughs> Appar- so- apparently, according to, to reports, WWE <laughs> views him as so valuable that they can't release him. Kyle, I mean, like, what have they done with Mustafa Ali that has been so valuable to them? He's I mean, so, yeah, he's so valuable. He's yeah, never that, really been put in a uh, serious position. I mean, somebody will say, "Well, retribution was a big deal for like two weeks." Jesus, and it was I just mean, because, and it was just because Vince watched the news for those two weeks and decided he wanted to rip on Antifa. <laughs> so I mean, that's right. I, I mean, well, I, like, I don't you think look that at some of these. Look at some of these names they've released, though, that have been pushed way harder than Mustafa Ali was ever pushed, and they just released him out of nowhere. So, I mean, that doesn't... I am I think Ali is a lot more talented than a lot of the people that they've yes. released. I do agree. But, like, when you look at how they've utilized him over the last couple of years, it's hard to make the argument that the company can't release him. And we, and we know more releases are going to be coming. And when they do, and yet they keep him under contract, don't you think that's a pretty bad look? How do they justify it? Well, I saw a great tweet yesterday. Somebody's like, uh, Mustafa Ali, I want to leave. Vince, no. Shane, dad, I love you. Vince, you're fired. <laughs> yes, no kidding. Like, I mean, how crazy, you know? I mean, look, I think they're scared. And what this is, is a reflection of this being scared of what he might be able to do elsewhere. I think some of these other folks, they're not really scared of what they're going to do elsewhere. They're like, oh, this guy's a good piece of talent. I'm sure he can have some good matches, even for AEW on national television. But we don't see that kind of ceiling where this will really bite us in the ass. How Perhaps dumb does that Ali. make them look? <laughs> yeah, they're like, freaking they're like, dumb. We're so, all right, Ali, we are so scared of what you could do for the competitor to make us look bad, but we are not going to push you. We're going to continue to do nothing with you, even though uh, you're clearly very talented and a they, creative guy and could do some great stuff on national television. We're not going to do anything with you. But not here, pal. Mm. Um, they could be waiting for the next Saudi show because didn't they shoot an angle with some fencing guy or judo guy or some Olympic sport that I don't watch? Remember that on the last Saudi show, did he didn't like some guy came out and Michael Cole was like, "Oh my God, you know who that is?" And I'm like, "No, I don't." And it was some like medalist in yeah some Olympic sport yeah. I don't watch like fencing or judo. I mean, maybe he's going to do the big job for the Crown Prince hmm. Ali, and then he'll get released. That's the only thing I can think of. Well, there was pitches from talent for him to do some things in the rumble. And he had no interest in participating in the Royal rumble. He's got um, over a year left on his contract reportedly. So I mean, this could get ugly. Like he just refuses to travel and come to the shows, even though they 
ask him to come just trying to get fired i mean what do you think it's i mean it's gonna be just i don't let know the guy go for god's sakes you should live tweet raw and just bury it the whole time <laughs> there you go that's how you get released judo there we go yeah carl caught it in the chat uh so yeah a dire situation over in wwe right now uh AEW, on the other hand i thought you know last night they were in chicago during a snowstorm had the packed house still How at the Winchester Arena. Iowa? Did it just miss it? Yeah, it was south of here. It was like diagonal from Missouri over to you in Ohio. I think the very southern part of Iowa got some of that storm. We got nothing here. It's just really, really cold. Wow. But no, they had it in Chicago and they, everyone still got there, man. I mean, it was a good crowd. We had a, a great, great match between MJF and CM Punk. God, how long was that match? 40 minutes? Of TV time, yes, I think yeah. it. Le- I think when I saw when MJF made his entrance, there was forty minutes of TV time left. Okay. I mean, let's just say thirty-ish. Yeah, will be fair. Now, I guess the question to raise is: Does that kind of match? Even though we loved it, we're longtime fans. We were all. I was on Twitter and the Facebook group. But you were too. How much you liked the match? Very old school feeling. Slow build, working the body parts and everything. Is that kind of match too long for television in 2022? Because you look at the the ratings numbers; those just came in a little bit ago. And Do we have the quarter hours yet, or no? Don't have that. Okay. Uh, all I can tell you is the 18 to 49 was a 0.35, so that was down. They've been in the 0.4s recently. Overall, 954,000 viewers. They've been, I think, last week was 1.1 million. Mm-hmm. So it could be splitting hairs because we're talking about. 100,000 viewers, give or take, from where they normally are. But they definitely took a dip this week. And so when you had that much television time, it's got to be disappointing, right? Because they built this match for weeks. This was the big match they were leading up to. They're in Chicago, Punk's hometown. It was a great, great match, no doubt about it. I mean, how are you looking at these ratings numbers if you're AEW? Are you disappointed? Do you think that that formula of that style of a match can't work today on television? What do you think? First off, I I have always been of the opinion, and until someone corrects me on this with a good take, I'm going to continue to hold this opinion. I think ratings kind of lag behind quality of the show. And, you know, we've been fairly critical, I think, of Dynamite in recent weeks, and it, it, it hasn't been as good. So it'll be interesting where the show started at. Um, you know, it was usually they've been putting the big thing first. So this yes. was an instance of the main event truly being in the main event slot. Um, I remember, in terms of long matches, two things. The 60-minute draw with Hangman and Danielson didn't do that great. Mm-hmm. And I can tell you, I don't know if this is like the best judge, but like my wife was sitting on the couch with me watching the show. I mean, or she was in the room while it was on. And she did say several times, oh, my God, these guys are still wrestling. Now, again, I mean, my wife is not going to give you a comprehensive breakdown of professional wrestling at any time in history. But I I don't know if that's like a, you know, in terms of what whatever casual audience AEW has, if that's the difference between 950,000 and 1.1 million, that there are just some people who are like, man, this is going on too long. I'm going to watch something else. Yeah. Yeah. it could be, uh, I or I don't know. It just could be a reflection that the shows haven't been as top-notch the last couple weeks, and maybe people weren't there from the beginning. I, I'll be really interesting to see the quarter hours 
when they come out. Yeah. I don't want to make any rash assessments before I see that. I mean, they did. It led off with the John Moxley match. And he's been a winner. Lita. Yeah, and that was. I really enjoyed that. I loved the interaction with Moxley and, and Danielson afterwards. Thought that was tremendous. We'll see how that plays out. Yeah, I uh, like that too. But you know, to answer your question about the the sixty minute match, that was December fifteenth, and that was the sixty minute time limit draw with Paige and Brian. That was this week is the lowest eighteen to forty nine since that show. So there you go. I don't know. Maybe yeah. the youngsters don't like. I mean, look, I'm in that age group. Yeah, we're still at eighteen to forty nine. <laughs> yeah, so I, yeah, I, I we're not know. that old. I, I don't know. Like you said, it could be splitting hairs. I'm not over. I, I just think the show hasn't been overall that as good as it has been, and sometimes that it's a reflection of that. Uh, we, we'll see what the quarter hours say, and you know, in between the two things I really liked on the show. Punk MJF and that Moxley Danielson interaction you just brought up. The rest of it wasn't very good. Yeah. Like, I agree. I, you know, that I know there was a lot of criticism of that Brandy mm-hmm. uh, Dan Lambert segment. Uh, you had a fairly lengthy Nyla Rose Ruby Soho match. Uh, the, the backstage vignettes, uh, the, the pre tapes are never strong with this promotion. They really got to work on those. Uh, what else am I missing that was in between? Uh, Hangman was out there. I, I, I liked, Ra- yeah, I liked that. You know, I one thing I like about Hangman is, and we'll talk about Hangman in a minute. But um, when he brawls, when it's a non-match, he, he at least takes it seriously. He doesn't just throw a bunch of weak-ass punches. Sometimes, far too often in this business, you see that where, you know, oh, well, this is the match. Let's just do fake phony brawling. He he lays it in. I, I liked the brief interaction with him at Archer, uh, even if that's yeah. not like the greatest world title program I've ever seen. But yeah, there just wasn't a lot of uh, in that sandwich, you know, house of black. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that was okay. I, I, I'm not crazy about Malachi black being in a tag team. I've said that before and I'll say it again right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought, I thought the show open hot ended to me hot. I loved the main event. Uh, was not surprised MJF went over. Hmm. Uh, I like the way that they did it with the ring and everything. Typical, you know, heel victory for MJF to get that victory. So, Kyle, do you think that this puts uh, MJF on the path to challenge Hangman at Revolution here in uh, about a month? Well, we still I don't know. We still don't know. We got Paige and, and Archer coming up next I week. I think we all know who's going to win. Yeah, but I mean, what I'm saying is, like, I don't think that that feud is going to continue into no. the in the paper. He's going to be transitioned to something new. Uh, Punk having been undefeated, you know, and MJF's always been towards the top. Yeah. So, yeah, I know that there were a lot of people saying, okay, well, it's going to be Paige MJF at Revolution. And I started thinking about that. And it's logical. I don't think that would be great matchmaking right now. And, you know, just putting myself in TK's shoes, uh, that's Tony Khan for those keeping score at home. I could see him looking at this saying, okay, there's two outcomes if I book that match, obviously. One is MJF loses. I don't think that's a great move coming off because then it's the, the win over Punk is kind of just diminished right off right. the rip. And I don't think he wants Paige to be a one pay-per-view cycle champion. No. So you're kind of boxed yourself into a corner with that match. So I don't think he's going to do it. Then, as I often do, sitting and thinking about this sport 
something came back to me. Maybe you remember this. I haven't seen a lot of people talking about this, so it, it seems people forgot about it. A few weeks ago, there was a backstage promo. MJF, Wardlow, and Sean Spears were in the locker room. Mm-hmm. And MJF referenced this face of the revolution ladder match and how Wardlow was going to win it for him. And that was how MJF would become the number one contender. And I start to think, okay, they're probably both going to be in it, and Punk will probably be in that. Now, they just did a big ladder match, so I'm not too crazy about them doing another. I mean, you know me in these multi-person ladder matches. I've seen enough at this point, but they referenced it. Let's say that's going to be totally dropped. That was something that was brought up on their television, and that serves a lot of masters where you're not beat. Ladder matches, people don't get pinned in multi-person. So if they did do Page and MJF at the pay-per-view, well, what do you do with Punk? You're going to have to do Wardlow off that match last night. And I don't think that's a good match to make because you're trying to get Wardlow eventually over as a baby face. And we kind of saw some logistical issues when they wrestled the first time. You don't want to mm-hmm. punk beat him again. I don't think you want to punk lose again. So that's not matchmaking that works. So I can see those three and their storyline being put in that ladder match that was teased weeks ago. So what do you do with Paige? Well, Hangman, um, Hangman, uh, Adam Cole certainly seemed to cut a promo last night where he's like, don't forget about me. I'll sh- I'm will i going to remind you what I'm all about. I said this on a watch long. Paige and Cole does not jump off at me yet as pay-per-view main event. Yeah. And I don't think you want to beat Adam Cole this early in that situation. No. I'm speculating. I think the best thing for everybody, and I don't know if he's healthy. This is something that is determined totally about. I think Kenny Omega should come back jump the line, which would then upset Adam Cole and demand his rematch. And you just do Page and Omega 2 at that pay-per-view. Hmm. Is and Omega available? would lose. I don't know. I, I mean, know I, he's there with what, his recovery, but that's yeah, that's, I could see that's, that. That's what I said. If he, It completely is dependent on his health. Yeah. I mean, he's been gone now for th- about three months. It'll be, it'll be what, mid-November? By that point yeah. in time, it'll be closer to four months. Yeah. So, I mean, we don't, we, they, they said he was really banged up. Yeah. But if he doesn't wrestle at all and just demands the rematch, I think, and he can lose. And that's, he's made guy. And he didn't lose for like a freaking year, basically. So, I think that would work. And then you go down ballot, so to speak, with the pay per view. All right. Well, what do you do with Cole? I don't know. Some big multi person match with the elite and, Best friends, they've been doing that stuff forever. You can do, you know, something with Brian and Moxley, uh, Moxley as a, maybe a tag team or something. All of a sudden, now we could have got new names big, coming in too. Still, yeah, yeah. You you've got a, 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 a kind of a spicier looking pay per view card. I don't know. That's just something I kind of put together while I was pulling my daughter on the sled this afternoon. So I could be completely off base. Yeah. I, I like I like where your head's out there. I could see some of that going down. Yeah, but it just depends. I mean, he was supposed to have shoulder surgery. He was gonna have mm-hmm. surgery on his abdominals, from what I'm seeing here too. That sounds so, kind of bad. I don't I I don't know knees. He had a lot of issues going on. So <laughs> yeah, I mean, we'll see. Uh, my God, is is the man walking? Is he okay? I mean, <laughs> the bionic man is coming back. I I just I just think to me, 
you know, they did a pretty good job last year at having an old school pay-per-view main event that makes you want to buy the show. Not just, hey, this is AEW and you know you're going to get good wrestling on this show. Mm -hmm. Right? They had the death match. They had Punk's return after seven years. And they had Adam Page, by God, winning the title for three of their four pay-per-views. I don't think a ladder match and Page v. Cole. I think there's enough meat on them bones, man. We've, I mean, we've seen them though heat up these cards within just a few weeks, where we've been going in like, where are they going here? You know, even with, uh, what were we saying that for All Out? <laughs> like not too far in front of that show, and then yeah, and then, then the last month it really came. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, but return, even yeah. the even the rest of the card, like we weren't excited about Christian and Kenny Omega. And they got us excited for it. So, mm-hmm. I mean, th- they can do it. But I agree. Right now, you look at that price tag for the pay-per-view, and I don't see, like, the big money matches. We got a lot of s- discussion going on in the chat um, with Moxley. I, I just think it's – so, Tim threw out what if, you know, Moxley is in the match and goes heel, takes Brian up on his offer. I just feel like it's going to be real hard to turn John Moxley heel right now. I know that that's where he was going before he went to rehab, but – Boy, I mean, again, though, does Moxley win the title then? I don't think you want to beat Mox in a pay-per-view main event so soon to his return. I think that Danielson-Moxley thing is so interesting to me. They need to let it breathe, not rush it to the top of the card. I want to see them assemble people. uh, What does Eddie Kingston think of this? Oh, by the way, Mm -hmm. when he gets back to TV... You know, hey, what are you hanging out with Danielson for now, Mox? I think there's a lot of things you can go with this. I'd like to see them assemble the army before they go to the top. Yeah, Moxley with Danielson in his corner against Page, and then you do more of like a slow build to Moxley and Danielson. I don't know. I could I could see this stuff happening. I'm just saying, like, Moxley's always acted heelish. Uh he's getting great responses right now. It's going to be difficult. They could do it, but it, it'll be pretty difficult, I think, right now to make him a heel. And then do you want that dynamic, Moxley against Page? Like, do you feel Page's title run has been a little bland so far? Yeah, and I don't think it's his fault. No, I don't either. I just feel I like it doesn't. I, I actually put a lot of blame on Tony Khan. Yeah. I, he just hasn't made him feel like this transformative babyface champion. Yeah. You know, like it should have been like, People should have been commenting on the matches versus Brian, the other wrestlers, that would be. It should have made it feel a little special. You know, we talked about maybe interviews right afterwards. Uh, You know, there should have been sit-downs with Paige. You know, let's get to know you, you know, champ, a little bit. You know, what do you want? I, I like the few times he's been given the opportunity where he's like, hey, man, I'm the, I just want to fight. I want to defend this title, you know. Yeah, But it's kind of also shining a light that he should be on the show more. I think the problem is you don't want to do world title matches all the time on TV. So what do you do with your world champion? Tags? Remember, that was a hallmark of the Monday Night Wars era. They would always have these, like, superstar tag matches. And I, and that, that's something that I, I wish AEW would do more. You know, like, Adam Page teams up with CM Punk tonight against... MJF and Wardlow or something. I'm just mm-hmm. like throwing that completely off the top of my head. I'm not even saying, I don't even know if that makes sense, but um, you know, that, th- that just something like that. I mean, he just needs to wrestle more. 
and mm-hmm. he needs to be the centerpiece of the show more. Yeah, he just feels he comes out for a pretty basic promo most weeks, and that's about like outside of the stuff he did with Brian right away after he won the title, which was all great. It's just felt very blah to me. He wasn't so even far. there when I went in Cleveland last week. Yeah. He wasn't even on the show. Yeah. Uh, Carl said, "Are we missing an obvious one, Cody?" But Cody can't—he can't challenge for the title unless they, you know, do something on TV to get out, get away from that story. Well, I—you're the one who proposed this, I think, when we were talking about Cody. The problem is, I don't think they're turning him heel. Number one, mm-hmm. but if they wanted to do that, there's a great way to do that. Because yes, there is the stipulation that Cody's not supposed to challenge for that belt. But if he's a heel, first of all, heels get around stipulations. That's why they're heels. You would do something where he would like assault hangman to a degree or just some personal thing that would demand the match where where he would, where hangman would demand the match. And then you Mm. and hangman, you know, would shove Tony Khan, you know, no, you son of a bitch. You're giving him that match, you know, and that, that, that's how you would do that. I think that if would they be actually great. want to go in with a heel. I mean, that is one of the best matches they could probably do if they want to go I, in full on with a, a heel turn for Cody, but they've I, been reluctant to do it. I would still love, though, a full pay per view cycle of heel Cody before we did that match. Not just, again, you got to think Hangman's not losing the title at Revolution. I could be wrong, but I don't think Tony Khan, after all that build up to the big win over Omega just wants to have him lose it the next pay-per-view. The only way I think that happens is if he feels the same way that we do, that the title run hasn't felt particularly great and he doesn't own it and he blames Paige for it. And that'd be like a Vince. Yes. That's, <laughs> that'd be that's like a right. Vince move. That's what, that's how Vince would look at it. He would yeah. think that's your fault, not creative's fault. You know, like, you know, like for instance, like putting the title on Big E and just immediately giving up on it. Look, two two years ago, AEW was hitting kind of a rough patch with their television around the same time, <laughs> and then they got better going into Revolution. Then the pandemic hit, but uh, you know, right now, I there's stuff on TV I really like. I love the opening, I love the ending, love that match. But TV has been feeling a little skippable of late, no question to me with AEW. And I love AEW; it's my yeah. favorite show. If I'm gonna watch wrestling, that's my number one watch right now. But it it has felt a little more missable than it has in many months to me. Yeah, it just, I don't know. It feels like there's a lot of matches where, well, you know who's going to win and they go long or you, you just don't have that same energy, it feels. Right. Like you did, like when they first came back and had crowds like, I don't know if it's the Rampage effect or what. Your Rampage I, feels completely skippable to me. And yes, Justin said but, on the pod recently too. Yeah, I mean, he's you. You have two shows every week now, so you've got to kind of stretch up what you want instead of just having a one blow away show. Maybe that's hurt, but I don't know. I just feel like they also have more people on the roster. They could just be doing more blow away matches on TV. Yeah, you know, have your idea where you're going to go with the pay per view. You know, you don't want to like blow through everything, so you got nothing left for the pay per view. But you know, just more big matches on TV. We see. I mean, that's what's good. We liked MJF CM Punk last night. The ladder match last week was good. Didn't think it was five stars, but it was certainly very good. Mm-hmm. Five stars. What would, you, what would you give that on stars? I, I wouldn't give it five stars either. Five I'd probably come stars. Four and what? a quarter, yeah. maybe. I was at like four, four and a quarter. You know what? Yeah. I, I made a the. Uh, sometimes it could be a mistake. Sometimes you can learn something. But I, I listened to Cornette's review of it, 
Mm-hmm. He, he predictably did not like it very much. Of course. Uh, but, and, you know, sometimes he argues and he talks in bad faith, but I he made this point, and I do agree with him. I hate, especially in a one-on-one ladder match, all the, these ladders. There should there should just be one ladder. Yeah. I actually, he was very adamant about that. And, of course, he then told this story about, like, like Chris Candido and Tracy Smothers in Smoky Mountain. They did a ladder match, and the ladder, like, broke. And they were, like, screwed for the finish. <laughs> Jesus. So yeah. he's like, so he's like you do have to have, like, a backup ladder. Michaels yeah. and Ramon, the second time at SummerSlam, I think, busted the original ladder. And that's when they brought out a second one. Mm-hmm. But it was, like, logical that the first one broke and they had to bring it in. I just think, like, you know, having all these ladders is is can take away. It's tough for me to get into ladder matches now. You've seen so many. But the, the ones that it had a few great spots. Yeah. Uh, in the chat, Ryan Gorman asked, do we think Keith Lee to AEW is a lock? And what would you do with them right away? Boy, if all of those names released on the male side, he would be my number one, I would sign. Uh, unique. A unique mm-hmm. person. Yeah. I I would. I don't know if it's a lock. Yeah. Um, do you think that's... You referenced this, and now we're getting the question from the chat. Do you think that's what Revolution's going to have a lot of? Maybe newcomers wrestling see, for the first time? It feels time? like it right now. I mean, we could be getting Ember Moon coming in. Ember Moon, I feel like, should be a lock. I thought she was going to show up last night. It, it, some people on Twitter that are respectable people, not some, you know, freaking Yahoo or something, you know, we're like... It, they were tweeting in a way that made me think Ember Moon was inbound. Yeah. Like la- for like last night, like, cause yeah. she, she's now eligible, right? I mean, all those people are, yep. are yep. eligible. Keely's so. eligible. She is. Uh, yep. Scarlet is eligible. Carrie and cross is eligible. So, I mean, I would, I would sign Keith Lee way before Carrie and cross personally. Like to me, oh, Keith yes. Lee of, of, of the men's side is, is a, to me, he is a must sign. I hope they sign him. Uh, we'll see. I think Ember out of all of those names, I feel like Ember Moon is the most likely just because they got two women's titles now. Maybe. We know they've had struggles with the women's division, although it's improving significantly. I think I think her and then if they can get her, Tony Storm is an obvious one. Yes, uh, those two. Yeah, and then Keith Lee for me on the men's side. And, you know, obviously the the one hanging there is Johnny Gargano. Got to get Johnny Gargano if, if you can now. Especially after they didn't get Kevin Owens. So we'll see. <laughs> we will see. I, I can't call it a lock, but I would say uh, on the men's side, as close to it as you could be, I would think. Yeah. And so. that, that, I would say that was a good point about the women with two titles now. You need more chat. There aren't a ton of challengers. I'm mm-hmm. not convinced having two women's titles was the right play. Yeah. The trios thing. That was the play. That, I mean, yeah. think about it. And, and like, there are rumblings that you hear behind the scenes. Some people are unhappy with their lack of TV time in AEW, which you can see as the roster's expanded. A trios division is an easy way to get a lot of people on TV because you're getting yeah. six people in one match. And there's everyone in this promotion seemingly has friends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's yeah. not hard. It's not hard to like just see a lot of like trios teams forming just like naturally. So th- yeah. that would be a way to do it. So I, I, and plus, you think right now Jade Cargill versus Britt Baker would be a hell of a big time women's match? I think. 
yet. Right now, it feels like Jade is the transcendent star, though. You know, she's got like the mainstream appeal, I think. Um, yes. But yeah, I don't know. We'll see. We, you mentioned the people being unhappy. We, so far with WWE and AEW, uh, it has been AEW benefiting, you know? People coming over to that side, people who have been away for years coming to that side now that there's another option. But this thing is going to work both ways. You are going to have people jumping to WWE from AEW. And that could, should, probably will start happening this year because you have some of those first contracts coming up from when the company started three years later. And I, you know, it will be refreshing to see some of them maybe in WWE because maybe it'll make WWE better, but they're going to be benefactors of this whole situation too. I, I just, Kyle's facial reaction. I don't, I don't, I wouldn't bet anything on it. I just but think they're the at next least guy. It'll make be, it fresh. Somebody yeah. new to lose the Lesnar. Most likely, but at least it'll give you a reason to tune in for a very, very bland product, but you're going to have people jump into that side and it's not like, you know, I think if you're a performer and you look at the two companies, AEW is more appealing. But if you've already been there for three years and you think that you should be taken advantage of more, those people are going to leave. And it's not like they didn't grow up watching WWE and wanting to work WWE for most of their life. So they're going to they're going to try it out. So it should be an interesting year in pro wrestling is what I'm getting at. I, I will say Peter Avalon, universal champion, has a nice thing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> not so much. Not so much. <laughs> The librarian, you don't even have any books, pal. (laughs) Kyle, totally like, I haven't even asked you this because you did go to Dynamite last week. Did you pick up any merch? No, and I'll tell you what else I didn't pick up was any beer after 9.15 Eastern. I was irate. (laughs) That's so weird that they cut those sales off so early, especially with the taping afterwards. Yeah, and I need to like go back and watch Rampage because, you know, I mean, I don't mean to make it sound like I'm some alcoholic or something, but I was getting like a little like... uh, fatigued because i you know i had a real nice buzz during that ladder match you know we hit the bar first before the show and was feeling great yeah real rude awakening didn't have a great beer selection either i was drinking like fucking heinekens oh no kyle they didn't even even have a reasonable ipa (laughs) like i walked up like they had like ipa i was like oh this looks good it was like freaking bud light miller light and heineken i was like what is this a rib usually there's like one good craft selection at least I one. No I Great Lakes brewing there in Cleveland at the arena? Not there. Well, Jeez. I mean, this wasn't the main. This is where uh, Cleveland State basketball plays. Mm-hmm. If you're familiar with the Horizon League. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> trying to think. We don't We don't make it quite out that far to your way. Nah. Chicago. Yeah. Um. Well, merch-wise, guys, I've been sipping on this beautiful Top Rope Nation oh. mug. Look at that transition. If you want one. <laughs> topropenation.com you, you know patron of the show Aaron Aaron Graham he told me the other day how come you don't how don't you you don't pump your merchandise enough you guys got great merch it's not very expensive it's high quality I'm like I don't want to come off like I'm shilling too much but we do have some pretty good merch you can find it uh, topropenation.com I think there's a promotion going right now with free shipping uh, and it's all like we got soft style t-shirts they're 22 bucks pretty good deal hoodies long sleeve and like I said this beautiful coffee mug if you'd like one, it's available on topropenation.com. Link to the Spreadshirt store there. We also have a store over at Pro Wrestling Tees. There's a sale going on there until Friday morning as well. So check it out if you're interested. I've been redesigning the website mm. lately. So if you're not aware, there is a topropenation.com. There's not a ton on there, but there's bios of the hosts and 
we publish some of the reviews over there and and links to the store as i said so check it out Kyle, anything was, else you want to say? Who was that merchandise guy they would bring out on Raw in the mid nineties? Remember that mm. guy? He'd be like, "He's like, check out the new Shawn Michaels glasses." Who was that? What was that guy's well, name? Uh, <laughs> well, they used to have uh, good old Doc Hendricks, Michael Hayes they, doing. Yeah, that but no, point. there was there was a guy. It was his like his only thing that he would do. God, was was that what was that guy's name? It's pissing me off. I'm going to remember it like five minutes after we go off the show. Raw. Raw Nine, merch guy, 94-ish? Yeah, it would have been that. Like, I remember he would always wear, like, this terrible Shawn Michaels merchandise, and I was like, my God. <laughs> you are not wearing that in public. That T-shirt's probably worth, like, $500 today, though. Was it, like, Barry something? I think it was, like, Barry? Barry? Davinsky? Hold on. Now you got me Googling this, Kyle. I remember, like, in the 97 era, they always just had the women doing it, like, Sable, Sunday, Barry, hold on. wearing the shirts. Barry Dedinsky, WWF. Hmm. Yes, that's absolutely what it was. It was Barry Dudinsky. Hmm. There you go. There you Barry go. Barry Dudinsky. Let's go to his IMDb page. Let's just like he's an he's an actor, not exactly a Academy Award winning actor though. Oh, I think I lost Kyle. Kyle, are you there? Actor, not for Raw. Okay, your video froze for a second. I'm here. Okay. okay, sorry. Yeah, you, you, it's good. It's because I'm checking these like websites that have like running streams. <laughs> using all his probably. bandwidth on classic yeah, WWF. Barry, yes, on WrestleCrap, he's here. Barry Didinsky, the so-called mayor of merchandise, probably because Sheriff of Shill was too brutally honest. <laughs> That's great. Okay, yeah, I looked up the image. Okay, I remember this now. Wow. No, yep. Char- I, I just got a personal message, I believe. This is from Greg. It was, I think, Charlie Ming. No, Charlie Ming was a roving reporter. That was also very bad. <laughs> Yet, I bet you would rather watch those Raws than today's Raw. Oh, absolutely. Plus I would rather watch long. <laughs> anything than today's Raw. Oh, my God. Yeah, we just got done leaving. I just got done wrapping up with 91. We were talking about yeah, stuff Yeah, promote like, that, by the way. Promote that. We we're, we're talking about stuff like El Matador, the debut of that gimmick, and Sergeant Slaughter's odious baby face turn at the end of that year. I was thinking, about, I'm like, yeah, this was pretty bad. Mm-hmm. It's raw today. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, so Liam and I, for people who listen over uh, Squared Circle Gazette, and uh, we just wrapped up our look at 1991. I have no idea when Liam's going to post the show. There will be two shows coming out still both three hours in length one of them looks exclusively at the top of the card uh rick flair coming into titan sports uh hulk hogan's sagging reputation as suburban commando bombs at the box office and then the hogan undertaker survivor series feud uh, we take a look that also at the hogan flair house show feud that was going on concurrently and then in the second one that we just recorded yesterday what you gonna do, Titan Sports, when steroid testing runs wild mm. on you? The day, the first steroid tests <laughs> in November of '91. Uh, mm. We look at the uh, Savage Roberts feud and all the other fun stuff that happened on the undercard in those months. The beginning of Shawn Michaels' heel turn. The first four months of Bret Hart's Intercontinental Title run. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that dropping. So yeah. you can, yeah, check Squared Circle Gazette Radio. Probably coming and- very soon. And if, if you like more recent WWE history, yes. I was on, as I see his name in the chat, Jesse Velasquez there. Uh, we have done two shows talking about the 
very dire 2010s in WWE, not one of my favorite periods. Those are great listens, by the way. I've been listening to those shows. You yeah. did Wrestling Unplugged and Undeniable. Check them yeah, out. Yeah, we, we've done the first part was like 2010 through 2013, and then we did 2014 through 2017. So, whew, there was a lot of head scratching decisions wow. those years. I've been listening to that second episode, and you were deep in the discussion right now of all the misbooking of of Roman Reigns in 2015. It's a really good good discussion. Check it out. Jesse Velasquez is part of the Blue Wire family. So, uh, yeah, wrestling unplugged and undeniable. Jesse Velasquez, check it out. And um, Kyle said one minute. So, yes. Yeah, we don't root for this, certainly. Quite the opposite, but... Will there be firings tomorrow in the WWE? Oh, because they just have the quarterly call. This is when yeah. it usually happens. And it, tomorrow's Friday. They they say you're supposed to fire people on Friday. Well, I'm I hoping for one. That. Mustafa Ali. My God. Fire him, Vince. Yeah. <laughs> fire him. Fired. Fired. I'm already fired. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that'd be fired great. Already, yeah, let him go. Well, in that case, we yeah, we hope it's really, yeah, a relief. But yeah, we'll yeah, see, yeah. man. Who knows? I mean, yeah. Man, with the skeleton crew they're down to, and they need to do two nights of mania, remember. Mm. Might they skip this one? Who knows? Yeah. We already so, had one firing. Shane. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you mentioned you've been doing the 1991 stuff with Liam, and so I mentioned the Patreon page at the beginning of the show. We've had tons of great classic content. A couple of years ago, Kyle and I reviewed Tuesday in Texas. I mentioned that's a great, that. Mm-hmm. That is a great edition of Top Rope Nation Classics. That is only available on Patreon. Uh, we released our Royal Rumble 92 Top Rope Nation Classics that same time period here last week. Really good. Check that out. And then early in January, we looked back at the very first WWF Shotgun Saturday Night. Not a great show from the WWF but a great podcast from Top Rope Nation on Patreon. And then Kyle had a 90-minute show with Liam O'Rourke looking at the conceptual history of the Royal Rumble last week as well. Tons of great stuff. Again, thanks to everyone who has been signing up to the Patreon page over the last month. That's been awesome to see you guys really make doing these shows worthwhile. Appreciate all of you. And I'm really looking forward to what gets chosen for February, our next Top Rope Nation class, because February is one of those wild card months where it can be a lot of different things. You know, we, in January, you know you're going to get a Royal Rumble. Yeah. But for this, it could be a lot of different things. Yeah. Wrestle War? Wrestle oh, War, perhaps? In yeah, Your House I, Final Four? Perhaps? Yeah, no I, Way oh, Out 2001? I feel, I, I feel if we do In Your House Final Four, we're really continuing. Like, the, Although we will be able to completely, again, cut out the what were we doing at this time because we've just done Shotgun Saturday Night and Survivor <laughs> Series 96. I don't think, True. I don't know about you, but nothing really changed demonstrably in my life between November of 96 and February of 97. Hmm. No, can't say so. Not for me. Not that I remember. But. I'll tell you what. If, if you do, I'm on the fence about No Way Out. 2001 i know somebody really was in favor of it yeah but i'll tell you right now that that show has one of my probably top two most overrated wwf matches of all time on it Mm. and i'm sure you absolutely know which one it is Uh, yeah i'm not as high (laughs) on that match as other people either but you know we'll do whatever the patrons vote for so all of our patrons get to vote in the poll and whatever wins that's the one we do for the monthly edition of classics you have to be a ten dollar patron to nominate the show for the poll and get it included but then 
all of our patrons, regardless of tier. We'll vote on it here probably next week. We'll re- record that at the end of February. As always, we'll have the the teaser, the preview here on the main feed, the free feed. But uh, you want to get all those Jesus bonus shows. Teaser. <laughs> <laughs> you want to sign up to get all those bonus shows there's all we're getting close to 80 bonus podcasts on the patreon page and that is way more than most people do on their regular feed and that's just bonus stuff from top rope nation so if you're not a patron you are missing half of our content sign up for a month dip in and see what you've been missing if you don't like it cancel after a month it's five bucks but we think you'll like it we'll, we'll bury you if you do that but that's okay <laughs> oh, I'm kidding. No, we won't do that. Um, yeah, I'm, no, try, I'm trying to think not. some other February things. Shy Town Rumble. That was that was suggested by Gabe today, so that's going to be in the poll. Oh, Shy Town okay. Rumble '89. Love Gabe. I got to talk to Gabe. I had an idea with him. I don't know if he would be into it or not. See if he would maybe be interested when we hit these 40 year anniversaries of World Class. If he'd be Ooh. interested in talking with me on extra. Well, you need to him. get. You need to get out here to Iowa for Tragos Thez this summer because Gabe will be there all weekend long. We had a great time with him. Me and Justin did last summer. Got to get you out here. And then one last thing. I'm not going to bully anyone in February because in April I'm clearly bullying everyone at Spring Stampede 94. So Yeah, we got to do that. We talked about it last year. Didn't get the chance. This year we got to make it happen. Yeah. All right, guys. This has been episode 238 of Top Rope Nation. Though, as I said, you put in those Patreon shows. We've done more than 300 episodes. But episode 238 of The Flagship. Thanks to all of you who tuned in live today. This was a lot of fun recording this in the afternoon this week. Next week, I think we're recording at night. So subscribe to the YouTube channel. Get that alert when we go live. Join us live. Otherwise, of course, on the podcast it feeds on Friday morning. Appreciate everyone's support. Hope everyone has a great weekend. We'll catch you next time. Take care. Honey, I'll be down for dinner. <laughs> <laughs>